Welcome to the Keep Birth Wild podcast. My name is Indy and through this series I'll be speaking to women who plan to birth their babies at home. Join me to hear home birth mothers sharing their stories of pregnancy, birth and postpartum. Hi everyone, thank you for tuning in today. In this episode, I interview Sam about the births of her son and her daughter. So Sam fell pregnant very young with her first, so she takes us through his birth in hospital with a private midwife, and then she went on to have her second birth at home with that same midwife. Sam also found out that her partner was having an affair while she was in active labour with her daughter at home, so she also shares how she managed to continue her labour after receiving that news, and then how she navigated juggling a toddler and a newborn baby as a single mother. So I really hope you enjoy listening to the podcast today. And again, thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for joining on the podcast today, Sam. Do you want to start by telling uh, the listeners a little bit about yourself and your family and maybe whereabouts you live or what you do for work? So I'm Sam. I'm 24 and I've got two beautiful children. I live in the Redlands in Queensland and I'm a swimming instructor. Beautiful. So what was the process to starting a family like for you guys? Had you sort of um, had any ideas about when that might happen or was it a surprise? We did have a plan but our plan came a few years early. Number one was definitely a surprise. I was 19 and when I went to the doctor to get our secondary um, test done, he said to me, so how are you going to deal with this? And I just laughed and said, um, I'm keeping the baby. And I got up and we walked out. <laughs> and it was, yeah, I think we were happy. And the biggest obstacle we then had to try and face was telling my grandparents. I definitely think that was probably the scariest part about finding out that we were pregnant maybe five years early. And how did did they how did they react? Um look my my grandfather wasn't too keen on it um for my entire pregnancy. There was lots of times where we would have heated discussions about what needed to happen we got to the point where there was like he was even pushing for adoption but yeah during the pregnancy was hard on them more than it was on me and so did you have yeah being that young and it being a surprise did you have much idea about what your options were for that birth or or did you just sort of go with what the doctor recommended Definitely it was what I was told is what happened. Yeah, it was very much doctor orientated. So what um what did your care look like for that pregnancy? Did you were you in um, the public system or So yeah, no pub, public system. I we lived um in central Queensland um and moved home at about 18 weeks, moved back to the Redlands at about 18 weeks. Um, and so I started my, my care a little bit later. But my 
I did GP shared care. And when I went to the hospital to see the, I think it was the OBGYN, I'm pretty sure, he straight up, the first thing that he said when I walked in was, have you had a pap smear? And I said no. And he's like, well, get on the table, we'll do a pap smear. And I just looked at him and I was like gobsmacked. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm, I can wait. Um, I'll get a pap smear done after baby's born. And he said it like four or five more times. Um, and like it was quite forceful the way that he was saying it. And I, I wasn't okay with that. And I was like, no, no, it's all right. Well, we can talk about it at my next appointment. That's fine. Um, and when I, like, we had, like, a mums and bubs group, um, and I shared that at my mums and bubs group, and about two weeks later, um, one of the ladies that I know called me, and she's like, do you want to come for coffee? And so I went and met her for coffee, and she's like, look, I, I, I feel like, you know, you might need some help with this. And turns out she was actually a midwife at my local hospital and she offered to take me on board and, you know, help, like help me out when it came to the rest of my pregnancy. So from there out, I, um, I think I was 24 weeks and I moved over to private midwife. Wow. Yeah. So was there, was there a cost associated with that or did she just sort of offer that to you personally? No, she, Thankfully, she offered that to me um, as a gift. Um, oh, that's so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. I'd known her for a few years. Um, I was actually really good friends with her daughter, but I, I didn't even know that she was a midwife until she um, offered to um, help me on my, my little journey. Oh, beautiful. So yeah. how was that pregnancy? Did you have any symptoms or anything come up through the pregnancy? No, my pregnancy was actually really quite easy up until probably 38 weeks and that's when sleeping got really hard and I, I would have to sleep sitting up because I couldn't breathe properly and it was it felt like all my insides were being crushed. But other than that, it was a very smooth sailing pregnancy. And um, so what were some early signs of your labour starting or how were you feeling in those last few weeks? So I was praying to God that I went early. <laughs> but lucky me, went 41 weeks to the day. Um, and I remember, I think I was 40 and like five days and I could, I just felt like a little niggle. And I, I didn't tell anyone anything or I was like, oh, you know, I don't know if this is just Braxton Hicks or what it is. So, you know, I just continued going on with, with life. And then the day before labour happened, I rang mum and I was like, hey, did you want to go for like a really big walk? And she's like, oh, absolutely, anything to get this baby out. Um, so mum and I went for a really long walk. And then we went home and I was jumping on the trampoline and I was just trying to do everything to get this labour going. Um, and my partner, um, he wanted to go out fishing with the boys and he's like, no, I'm not going. I was like, no, you're going. 
because, like, you know, nothing's happening. Just go. I don't want you to miss out on going fishing. Just go. And so he got home at about 1 a.m. and he'd left his phone at home. <laughs> so I'd already rung mum and mum was on her way down because I was in full-blown labour at this point. <laughs> so, oh, wow. So did it... Did the labour start quite quickly initially then? or? Well, I think because I had just been putting off, like passing it all off as Braxton Hicks, I didn't realise that, you know, labour was progressing. And so he he got home at 1am and I was like, he started freaking out and he's like, you're in full-blown labour and... Everything just was an absolute whirlwind from there and we finally got a hold of my midwife because she has, like, no service at her house. Um, So my partner was, like, ringing her, like, a thousand times. And then when she got got to me, she's like, oh, you're only, like, two centimetres. Sorry, like, this is nothing. And I was like, are you serious? So I, like, I spent most of my time in the shower um, at home and... At that point, we lived with his mum. So we had a pretty full house with two of us, his mum, my mum and my midwife, and things were getting a bit stressful. So did your um, midwife, sorry, did, so did your midwife stay with you at the house then when she came? Um, she, yes, yeah, so she came, um, at about 1.30, might have been 2 o'clock in the morning, and we I laboured at home for a while. All I we all sat in the lounge room. I had my birthing ball and I was bouncing on that between the shower and coming back to the lounge room and back to the shower. And I was craving chocolate. That's all I remember is absolutely just craving chocolate. So I sent my partner up to the shop and the local IGA didn't open till six. So he sat up at the local IGA until they opened. And then the lady that was working there came out. She's like, are you okay? And he's like, baby, baby, I've got a, I need chocolate. And then when he came home with the chocolate, I didn't want it anymore. So <laughs> I, um, yes. And things were, I just, I just couldn't handle it anymore. Um, it was about 8 a.m. at this point and I just couldn't handle just being at home. Like I felt like I needed, I felt like things were progressing and I felt like I was in a lot of pain. Um, and I was like, no, we need to go, we need to go. Had you had any thoughts um, during the pregnancy about using pain relief during labour at all? Um, I was more than happy to just go with gas. Um, I didn't want, I didn't really want an epidural. I didn't want anything like that. I just was like, oh, look, we'll just, I'll be happy with gas if I need it. And, yeah, didn't really think about any other pain relief at all. And when you were getting ready to go to the hospital, had you, up until that point, had your midwife done any sort of checks on you or the baby or did she have um, an idea yeah. of whereabouts you were at? Um, yeah, so she knew that, like, um, I was progressing. I wasn't, like, things weren't happening happening really fast, um, but things were progressing. She did one internal check. Um, and she's got a Doppler and stuff, so she was keeping an eye on baby. I think it was about 8.30, 9 o'clock, we went up to the hospital. Um, that was interesting, driving while in labour. Wouldn't recommend it. 
was it a long way to the hospital for you guys? Um, no, it was probably only a ten minute drive. Probably felt like an eternity. <laughs> it did, um, especially with every single red light and school traffic. Yep, that was fun. So who was in your birth team? Was it just your midwife, your partner and your mum? Originally, my birth team was meant to be my midwife, my partner and my mum and um, I had a photographer. But it ended up, mum was called to work and my midwife said that, look, she's got ages, you're, you're okay to go to work. And not to mention her boss also was like, if you don't come to work, we're probably not going to have a job for you which wasn't very nice. So mum went and so my mother and um, my partner's mum, she stayed and that was fun. Scarred her very much. <laughs> she reminds me of it often. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so once you once you arrived at hospital, what sort of, what happened when you got there? Was it your midwife who was in charge of your care or was there somebody else? My midwife was in charge of my care. So she was like my private midwife. We were just using um, the hospital. And, yeah, so it was just us in the room. I needed needed an IV and we laboured in the bath for a while. I remember I just needed to push. Um, I was in the bath. We were laughing and joking about accidentally birthing in the bath because I wanted a water birth. But um, the hospital didn't allow it unless you – were in the bath and you couldn't be moved. So there was lots of jokes about birthing in the bath and I got massive urges to push. So I was pushing. I can't even tell you how long I was pushing for, but it was a very long time. All I remember is it was daytime when I was pushing and it wasn't daytime when I moved out of the bath onto the bed. (laughs) Yeah, so they allowed you to push in the bath for a while. Yeah, yeah. And, like, my midwife was doing all her checks um, and everything like that. So she, you know, she was definitely keeping a really good eye on things. Were you using the gas to manage the pain at all or were you just um, yeah. still going? Yeah. It? yeah. No, I, I, I was using the gas, but it got to a point where she was worried. She started getting worried because I had been pushing for so long and baby just wasn't coming. We moved to the toilet and she's like, would you like morphine? And so I had the morphine injection and I I got it in my leg and I feel like I immediately had a reaction to it. It went all lumpy and all I remember was as soon as it went lumpy, she looked at me and she's like, Sam, you need an epidural. And I was like, yep, okay, let's let's do this. And she, you know, she's like, look, be prepared. It could be another few hours by the time, you know, we can get them to come down and do the epidural and all that sort of stuff. And they were there within like 15 minutes. There just mustn't have been anyone else in labour that day. So the reaction to the morphine, did they, did it affect you in any other way besides locally on the skin? No, it was just locally. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so then I moved out. And we got the epidural going. Whilst I was getting ready for the epidural, they, I had like the hospital team move in. So there was like a few other midwives come through and they started doing all the checks and everything. And my midwife left because at the time 
she didn't want to tell me that if I got the epidural, I would have to be um, handed over to the hospital and move over to the public system, which then meant that she had to leave. And the only reason she didn't tell me that is because I would have absolutely refused. And it was, it was definitely needed. So to, to try and help me and keep me calm, um, she didn't tell me that she would have to go if that was the case. She let me make the decision first and then tell me. Do you remember how you were feeling in that moment? I was, I was actually glad that she didn't tell me, um, because I, I, I would have refused. Yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't have gone for the epidural. And looking back on it now, I definitely needed it because it was like, it was 8 p.m., 7.30, 8 o'clock by this, by this stage. So, you know, I'd been, I'd been laboring for a while, um, and I was exhausted. Yeah. So, and so you'd started labor in the morning and then it had gone all day into the night. I started labor, like the niggle started probably two days earlier, but I went into labor at about nine o'clock the night before. So we're talking, we're, we're almost at 24 hours. Okay. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So after you'd had the epidural, how did things progress from there? When I was getting the epidural done, they started to break my waters. Sorry, just before my epidural, they, they broke my, um, I'm going to call them front waters. Right now, that's not the word, but it's the only word I can think <laughs> of right now. Um, and then as I was getting the epidural, my hind waters broke by themselves. And then all I remember was being able to sleep. That was amazing. Sent everyone home. I was like, everyone, just leave. We'll call you. It's good. And I just got to sleep. That was fabulous. And they hooked me up to all the monitors and stuff. And then they were like, right, we're, we're doing this now. It's time to go. And at this point, there was a lot of people in the room. My mum had come back at this stage. My partner was there, the photographer. There was midwives. I think there was like three or four midwives in the room. So it was pretty, it was pretty full. Um, so I started getting a bit tense. And they kept saying, oh, his heart rate's dropping, his heart rate's dropping, oh, it's rising, oh, it's dropping, his heart rate's too high, it's too low. And I remember them saying, we need to test his blood sugars. And I was like, how are you going to do that? Like, he's inside me still. And they're like, oh, we're just going to use this little little scalpel and just take a nick off his skull and, like, off his head um, and just test them. Um, You know, it, it's... It'll barely bleed, like nothing, like it's not even a scratch, it's okay. And I was like, oh, okay, I, I guess if he's, if that's what's needed. Um, and they're like, yep, we, we need to do this because it's going to determine whether or not you need a C, C-section or not. And I was like, no, I'm not having a C-section. And, um, his blood sugars came back fine. And did you know how far dilated you were at that point? No, I had no idea. I wasn't, I actually wasn't told anything from that point. Not that I can remember at all. Some time passed and I'm, I'm pushing one of the midwives. So I, I had a mirror so I could see I had my feet up in the, in the stirrup things and um, I'm, I'm pushing, I'm pushing and I, I wasn't pushing with the right muscles. And so the midwife, she was standing in front of the mirror, so I couldn't see anything. And she, like, 
was feeling around, you know, for baby's head and seeing where he was and she's using her fingers and she's like, push here, push from here, push from here. I'm like, I don't understand what you what you mean. I haven't I can't feel anything. <laughs> she's trying to tell me where to push from and I'm like, I don't know where I'm pushing from. Could you feel any any kind of pressure at all to push or was it just really numb? Um, it was quite numb. Um, I could feel tightening. I could not feel any any pressure to like the the push urge. I didn't have that. I could feel tightening in my belly, but that was it. Yeah. And so how long were you pushing for before he was born? I actually don't know. Um, because I ended up in an argument with them, um, because they needed to check his bloods again. So they did that little nick thing again. And then they're like, right, we need a C-section now. And I was like, no, I'm not going for a C-section. I absolutely refuse. Did they um, explain, I, did they explain to you why they wanted to do that? Um, they tried to. I had, uh, like a hundred different people talking to me. It was, um, shift changeover. So I had like all the, um, all the midwives and doctors, because I had all the baby doctors and stuff there um, ready as well, that were on the first shift as well as the people that were taking over as well. Um, and there was, like, student midwives. There was – I had student midwives standing in the corner, like, on their phones talking and, like, snickering between each other. I actually remember telling them to shut up. Um, it must I have actually, been – it must have been so hard being that young and feeling like no one was taking you seriously. Yeah. Well, my partner actually yelled at everyone and just told everyone to shut up and one person talked to me because I was getting so overwhelmed and so flustered. I'm laying on the bed with my legs spread with everyone looking at me, including my partner's mum. And I was like, can someone just tell me what is happening? What needs to happen right now and this teeny tiny little lady she's like okay this is what's gonna happen baby needs to come now and I was like okay do I 100% needle c-section will he die if I don't have a c-section and she's like no like right I'm not having one what else can we do and she's like oh we can use faucets like fabulous let's try that and so she's like, okay, I'm going to need to give you an, an episiotomy. And I was like, okay, fabulous. That's great. So we did that and we used the forceps. And I swear to you, she had to put her foot up on the bed <laughs> to help pull him out. But to this day, the sound the forceps made going in was the most disgusting thing I've ever heard in my life. It Oh, it just gives me chills just thinking about it. And then he was born. Did you know that he was a boy? Yes. Yeah, we knew he was a boy. But as much as I didn't feel pushing, the relief that I felt after his shoulders and him sliding out was the the relief was just immense. It was almost like, thank God it's over. Mm. Uh, that's yeah. a pretty big ordeal. Yeah, and he was put on my chest for maybe uh, all of two minutes, three minutes, and 
in my birth plan I had I wanted like delayed cord clamping skin to skin for as long as possible like all that sort of stuff and they straight away dad cut the cord let's go um you cut it and then he was whisked away and was yep I actually the only part I remember about that was I remember my partner was the baby incubator bed thing was on the other side of my partner and I remember he was standing there holding my hand and like trying to see what was happening with baby and they're like we need to get him out of here and my partner was just like what do I do do I go with baby or do I stay with you like just he was absolutely silent but you could just see on his face he's like I don't know what to do and no one was talking to us um and I just said I was like just go 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 with him and I'll be fine and did they did they explain to you why he needed to be taken away all they said was he needed oxygen and I was like well that's why we were doing delayed cord clamping because to me there was nothing wrong with him you know I I actually didn't even get to see his face (laughs) surprisingly enough I remember after he'd left I was like hang on I didn't even see his face the only thing that anyone had actually said to me was um yes he is a boy because I apparently I asked like five or six times please tell me there's like it's a boy please tell me it's a boy I hope it wasn't wrong (laughs) yeah and then he was gone and did you deliver the placenta while he was gone yes I actually don't remember delivering the placenta at all I have no recollection of it at all. All I all I remember about the placenta is they said, "Do you want to keep it?" And I was like, "No, thank you. <laughs> I'm good. Mm-hmm. Can you take a picture of it?" And then I'm I'm good. And did they stitch yeah. you up while you were still on the bed there? Um, they did. It actually took them a while um to come back to me and stitch me up. All I remember was standing there with my mum, and they're like, oh. "Sorry, I I wasn't standing. Obviously, I was <laughs> laying in the bed." And I was like, I, I, where is everyone? Everyone just seemed to leave. As soon as baby left, everyone left. And then, yeah, they came back and they stitched me up. And they took the epidural out and they're like, right, go, go, go for a shower. And I remember I was in the shower and I blacked out. Um, I just went black. I went dizzy. I felt like I needed to vomit and I don't actually know how long I was. I, I couldn't see anything, and I don't know how long that lasted. Mum caught me, um, so I went to fall, and mum caught me. Yeah, and then I just sat in the shower on the birthing ball for ages, and then I think it. So he was born at eleven seventeen, and I was wheeled to the ward at like two a.m. And that, like, I'd gone that long. It wasn't until like. 2am, 2.30, that I actually got to the ward and got to see him. Wow. Yeah, that's a long time, hey? Yeah. And what was that like when you sort of saw him? Did you try to initiate breastfeeding then? Um, I did, yes. Um, I felt really... I felt really bad, actually, because, you know, you see in movies and as soon as baby's born, the parents have, like, this overwhelming... Like the mother has this overwhelming love for baby, 
Um, and everyone always, like, I've, everyone has always said to me, you know, um, the moment your baby's born, you feel so much love. And I, I felt guilty because I didn't feel that. I, I think because I was in shock, it took, it took me about three days to, to feel that actually. And then when I did, I just cried and cried and cried. I was like, oh my gosh, it actually happened. <laughs> but yeah, I, so, I, sorry, I initiated breastfeeding pretty much as soon as I got there, um, to him. And how was the rest of your breastfeeding journey with him? Was he a good feeder? My first, um, six or eight weeks was pretty intense. Lots of cracked nipples, lots of bleeding. He had a high palate. Um, so that made things quite difficult. I ended up, um, pumping for a little while, um, and getting some donated milk. But then, um, my chiropractor friend was like, Oh, well, we can fix the high palate. That's no problem. And so they just massaged his palate and it fixed it. And then we fed for two and a half years with no other problems. Mm, beautiful. Yeah. And um, just time-wise, we might jump into the next birth. But after that first experience, I mean, it sounds pretty full-on and a little bit um, traumatic, I guess. How were you feeling about about another birth? Were you sort of, yeah, it were you t- thinking about doing things differently? or? I actually didn't want to have another baby after that. I just didn't want to at all. Um, I was so scared to even think about having another baby to have to go through that again. And then it took me just under three years to say, no, I I want to try again. We got married and four days later, <laughs> we conceived. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I was absolutely over the moon and I was like, right, I'm having a home birth. And hubby was like, what? No. <laughs> he was. He was still traumatised from the episode that he had to watch. It took – he look, he still wasn't even keen on home birthing when I was in labour. <laughs> so, you know, it, I don't think he even warmed up to the idea. Every midwife appointment we had, we had to convince him. And um, what were – sort of how did you find out about home birth? Yeah, how did you sort of come to that idea? Did you have a friend who – had a home birth or? So my midwife who um, took me on when I was pregnant with my son, when I I told her that I was pregnant again, um, I asked her if she would be my midwife again. And she's actually a private midwife who um, specialises in um, home birthing. So that was just luck of the draw. <laughs> yeah, I, I was really lucky to have her mm, that's great and did she work in conjunction with another midwife at all or was it just her um so for my prenatal care it was just her but when it came to birth we had another midwife present so we had a meeting with her at 36 weeks and then she came obviously came to the birth as well yeah, lovely. And who else was in your birth team for that second time? My husband and my son. Yeah. So he yeah. was, was he three, three and a half he at that point? was three and a half, yeah. And, yeah, so how was your second pregnancy? Was it sort of similar to the first or? Um, it was pretty similar. I had pregnancy carpal tunnel, so that was fabulous. Do you want um, to explain um, to the listeners 
just your understanding of what that is and what some of the um, symptoms are? So it was just from about 32 weeks, progressively getting worse was just numbness and constant tingling in my fingers and my hands. It was quite painful, actually. And I remember going to seeing doctors about it. They're like, there's nothing we can do. Like the only thing that'll fix its cortisone injections. Um, and I, I just, I didn't want to do that. And yet, like Panadol, like nothing would work. Um, it was just constant painful pins and needles in my hands and fingers. And did that last right up until the birth? Um, so everyone was saying, oh, it'll disappear as soon as she's born, but, um, we're eight months postpartum now and I still get it if I'm like on the phone for a long time, like holding my hand, like holding my phone to my ear, my hand will go numb a lot easier. It's only if I'm doing like the same hand position for the, for a long period of time. But other than that, it's pretty good. So what were some early signs of your labour starting the second time around? So I had, um, I lost my plug at about one o'clock in the afternoon. How many um, weeks were you then? I was 39. Uh, sorry, I was 38 and six. And um, I lost my plug and I was, um, I was going to the toilet quite often, both, um, you know, doing weave and like diarrhea. And every time I would wipe, it would just be, you know, um, it would be quite bloody. And I was like, right, this is happening. And so I put my son in the pram and we went for a walk and I felt a contraction. And I was like, okay, this is happening. And so I walked up and down the street a few times and I was like, okay, nope, I'm now really tired. I'm going to go lay down. <laughs> um, but I was like, this labor is happening. And I didn't end up laying down. I cleaned the house. I just kept moving. Um, I rang my husband and I was like, you need to come home tonight. Um, if you're working, it doesn't matter. Come home. I'm, I'm pretty sure things are underway. And yeah, it was, it was really nice to be able to labor at home and to do it at my pace and with no one else around. So what were you doing during that early labor? Um, I was cleaning the house, I cooked dinner, I bathed my son, we had a shower. I was just doing the stuff that you would normally do getting the kids ready for bed of a night time. You know, it wasn't breathtaking. It was just my contractions that I was like, oh, contraction. Oh, no, that's okay. We'll just continue on with what we were doing. Um, when did things start to kind of um, ramp up a little bit? So they were, it was just progressing quite well throughout the night. And it was about eight o'clock and my husband got home and I was like, um, we don't have a hose fitting to be able to fill the pool. <laughs> you need to go to Bunnings. So I sent him to Bunnings at like eight o'clock, eight thirty. We got home. He bought me a new hose because I'd forgotten to buy a new hose because we were a week early. That's like his job in labour to run errands yeah. for you. Yeah. Go, go do other things for me except being in my face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Sorry, you go on. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we filled up, filled up the pool. We started filling it and the boys went to bed 
like I was like, you 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 go put um him to bed, and they both just fell asleep in my son's bed, and I was like, okay, I'm just gonna do this. That's cool. And I just kept setting up my birth area. I turned on all my fairy lights. I turned off all the, like, all the house lights. I, you know, just finished cleaning and all that sort of stuff. And I messaged my midwife a couple of times. And I was like, you know, I sent her photos when I, when I lost my plug and that sort of stuff. And she's like, oh, look, you know, it can happen. You can lose your plug heaps of times because, um, you know, I was still a week before I was due. And I rang her. So it was about, it's about 12 o'clock, 12.30, I rang her and I was like, look, things are actually progressing quite, you know, I, I actually don't know if they are progressing um, because I feel like I should be in a lot more pain because with my son, I was in so much excruciating pain for so long. I thought that that's what labour was meant to be like the whole time. So I was like, you know, things... It's happening, but it's just happening really slowly. And I was like, I haven't really timed my my contractions. I've just, you know, let them go. And then I had a contraction when I was on the phone to her. And she's like, Sam, I probably should have been there maybe an hour or two ago. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. All righty then. Um, she's like, have you rung your photographer? I was like, no. Nope. She's like, maybe you should considering she lives an hour away. <laughs> So, so um, was your husband still asleep? Was your yep. husband still asleep? Yep. <laughs> yep, still asleep. And so I rang the photographer. I was like, you might want to get here. She's like, okay, I hope I don't miss it. I was like, me too. And we got, um, as soon as my midwife got here, I, because I'd set up my bed in the lounge room um, next to the birthing pool. And I had, as soon as I'd got off the phone to her, I laid down. And that's when things really started um kicking in I went in to tell my husband that she was on her way um and that things were actually happening and we weren't going to be waiting a long time like we were with our son and I couldn't wake him up because he's a very heavy sleeper and in his sleep he said to me I'm not going to use names but he said I want to take things slow with blah and I was like what Anyway, I went to wake him up again and he said it again. And all throughout our pregnancy, we were going to call our daughter a certain name. And when we were talking about what we were going to name her while we were filling up the pool, um, he's like, no, no, we're not going to use that name now. And I was really confused because that was his, like, that was his name. That was the name that he wanted. And um, he was really excited because I didn't, let him name our son. I <laughs> I took that whole name and chose that. So I was really, you know, it was really odd that he didn't want to name her what he'd chosen. And then when he had said that he wants to take things slow with this girl, I put two and two together and I he practically told me that he had been seeing someone else. <laughs> that while I you were in labour. While I was in labour, yep. So that wow. was... That was fabulous. Yeah, how were you feeling when he said, said that? Did you wake him up to have a conversation about it? or? Um, I slightly, maybe a little bit harder, tried to wake him up than what I was. And I said to him, I was like, you know what, you've just told me something that we're not going to discuss right now because I'm kind of in the middle of something. But just so you know, I know. 
Um, and we, we will be having a discussion later because I, I knew that if I didn't stay centered and focused on what I was doing, things were going to go a very different way. And I didn't want them. I didn't want to end up in hospital. Um, I had a plan and this time yeah. I was stick with it. And did he respond to that at all or he was still too asleep? Um, he was, he shrugged it off like he didn't know what I was talking about. And so I didn't, I didn't say anything else after that. That was it. I just continued on, um, with labor. And when I got, when she got here, she's like, yeah, you're, you're nearly ready. And so we got in the pool. Um, I was like, I don't know if I'm meant to be keeping my bra and undies on. Like, do I keep them on? Do I take them off? She's like, whatever's comfortable. And so I hopped in the pool, um, with my bra and undies on. And after like two contractions, I was like, okay, maybe I need to take my undies off. <laughs> um, considering they need to be off for me to deliver a baby. <laughs> you know, it's just the little things that you don't think about. And. So, yeah, so your midwife arrived then. Did she do any checks on arrival or was she just happy with um, uh, sort of observing? She was, she was more than happy with just observing. So the boys woke up and they they came out. So amazing to have my son there. And because I didn't really want to be <laughs> looking at my husband at that point, my son was definitely a big help and he was actually probably my biggest support person during my labor actually and not because I pushed my husband away because I um I didn't he even though I knew what I knew I still allowed him to be a part of the labor and I I used him for support um but my son was very much you know mum I want to help so pretty much as soon as my midwife got there I hopped in the pool and things really started progressing being in the water was amazing far better pain relief than the gas that's for sure yeah, I labored in silence. I remember this at one point I was just about like I was I put because I pushed three times and so it was on my second push that I I like I I yelled and my midwife she, all, all she said was Sam and as she said I looked up and I could my son was like hiding behind his bedroom door um like looking at me but it's like hiding and I was like, oh, okay, I'm scaring him. I need to, I need to come back and focus on what I was doing. And I, yeah, I just came back to focusing on, you know, what I was doing. And I had that, that one second thought of, I can't do this. And then as soon as I thought that, I was like, you're an idiot. You're literally pushing this baby out right now. You can't not do it. You don't have a choice. I remember drowning. That was the most, oh, the word painful doesn't even describe drowning for me. <laughs> and that was, I guess, the first time you'd had that sensation because you had the epidural yeah. the first time. Yeah. So it was quite, it was quite an experience. But because I was so focused on what I was doing, I'm going to say I almost forgot to keep pushing. So I actually didn't push enough for, the, for that contraction. And I crowned over two contractions. So that was fun. And I remember baby's head came out and her shoulders hadn't come out yet. And I was like, okay, I need to push one more push, one more push. And as I was pushing, I remember I turned to my midwife and I was like, what do I do? <laughs> I was like, oh, hang on. I need to grab the baby out of the water. 
Um, <laughs> yep. So um, you, you caught her yourself? Yes, I did. It was amazing, honestly. Yeah. I don't even know how to, how to describe it other than exactly what I wanted. Hmm. And just pulled her up onto your chest? I pulled her up and I was like kneeling on one knee and I just remember I was just looking at her. Um, and, um, as, as she was crowning, I felt myself tear. And so trying to find a comfortable position in the pool before delivering the placenta, we had, we didn't have a short cord, but it wasn't a very long cord either. So I had to like crouch myself down because I could feel the, I could feel the cord pulling on my tear a little bit and that was a bit owie. <laughs> How long did you stay in the pool for? Oh, two hours. Oh, wow. And was the placenta delivered during that time? No. So we fed a lot. We just hung out in the pool. Um, and then, um, my midwife was like, okay, we need, we might want to move out, um, just to, you know, see how things are going. And because there, there, there seemed to be a little bit of blood coming throughout the water. She's like, we just want to check this out. So we climbed out. We laid on the bed. Um, and I kept feeding. Um, and because I had torn, um, I tore a, a bit, um, because of my episiotomy and my really dodgy stitching job that I had the first time around, it, it wasn't a very nice tear. So um, just tear down, down the cut that they made previously? Um, yes. It also, um, it also tore in a couple of other places as well. But, um, because when I had my episiotomy, I tore the opposite direction as well. So, like, the whole stitching was not pretty. And that, like, it, it had caused a lot of problems, um, over the following years. And so it, we determined that most of the bleeding was from the tears. And we, I had a couple of tinctures, um, to try and bring out, to try and bring on the placenta. And after a couple of, after a little bit of guidance with the placenta, it, it delivered. That was an experience. Um, yep. I definitely didn't expect it to, <laughs> to feel like that. That's for sure. Was um, it, was it painful or just a strange sensation? Um, it, it was slightly painful because I, I had tears. Um, and because it had been a little while, um, you know, I was dry and, yeah, that was lovely. Um, but the the sensation was also quite strange. And, then, and so, with your stitches, did the did your midwife was she able to stitch that up while you're at home, or did you need to go to hospital? No, no. So she stitched it up there for me. Not, I kind of refused stitching, and she's like, "Look, normally if a woman says that they don't want to be stitched up, I would be more than happy to allow her to heal naturally by herself." But I am not going to allow you to walk around like this. This needs to be fixed. Um, I was like, oh, thanks. That's a nice way of saying it's really bad. <laughs> um, and no, she stitched me up on the spot after lots of arguing and lots of, yeah, please don't come near me. Like, <laughs> I'm a wuss when it comes to needles. So. Oh, me have, too. <laughs> the photographer has a few photos of me, of my face when I was getting like just the numbing needles. 
Um, and I'm in more pain than what I was when I was having contractions. <laughs> the, the stitching up feeling was the most queasy part of the entire labour. Yeah, so I'm, I'm curious at what point, yeah, so, so was your husband still there at that point or um, yeah. when did you start a conversation with him? So I didn't. Um, he stayed for a couple of days. I still, still didn't even tell my midwife. Um, so no one knew. And then two days later, he told me he was taking my son to his friend's house. Um, so I could have some time with baby. And she came and picked him up. And yeah, it was lovely standing at my door, like that feeling like huge and disgusting because I'd only given birth like two days prior. Um, well, no, sorry, it was the next day. It was the very next wow. day. Um, and cause he told me he got fired and all this other, there was so much other fun, fancy stuff to go with it. Um, but yeah, standing at my front door watching my husband and my son go off with his new fling. Um, and you're so vulnerable at that time as well. You know, there's not really anything you can do, <laughs> even just physically. Yeah, so my best friend owned a cafe, um, and so as I watched him leave, I packed up baby, I packed up my stuff, and I was like, right, I'm coming over. So we went and spent the morning at the cafe. Wow, <laughs> on the day after the birth. Just just 24 hours old. Wow. Um, yeah, I still hadn't told anyone, no one knew what I knew, and so things with him started I'll say developing over the, the next few weeks um, and I came out and all this other stuff um, and then it wasn't until two and a half weeks later that um, at one of my um, postnatal appointments sitting on my couch in my midwife I was like right this has happened um, yep yeah, we have separated I have kicked him out because of blah and she was like oh my gosh I would never have guessed, and she was actually quite surprised that I was even able to con- continue labour. She's like, that sort of thing would generally shut a labour down. Like, your body would go into shock and it would just stop everything. Yeah, so that's so huge. And what sort of, you know, with being on your own with two children just so early, what, what sort of support did you have? Um, I had a lot of support, actually, Um my best friend that had the cafe, she was amazing. It didn't matter what time of day it was. She would always message me, do you need Panadol? Do you need this? Does baby need nappies? Like, what do you need? Do you just want me to come over? You know, I had so many friends and, like, my family would just come over. And, unfortunately, my mum was away. <laughs> oh, no. So, yeah, she was away with work. And... Um, because I told her, I was like, I won't tell you when I'm in labor. <laughs> and so poor mum didn't get to come down for like four days. And I didn't tell her for two and a half weeks. So she was, you know, pretty yeah. upset. But after, um, yeah, after I had started telling people what was happening, the support was definitely there. Um, and how were you coping emotionally during that time? Um, it was quite tough especially financially. Um, that was 
that was putting a big toll on my mental health, um, going from a two-income family to a no-income family because I I stopped work the day before I went into – like the day I went into labour. Um, I messaged my boss and I was like, not coming in today. <laughs> so that like that was my my last day of work and then trying to go on to um you know Centrelink payments um was quite tough because they they thought I was trying to dodge the system because I was like oh yeah I need like maternity leave but I'm also wanting to claim single parenting um so they're like are you trying to dodge us like what's going on here so oh, that I'm a newly single parent and have just had to go through that process as well. And it was, oh, it probably took me three months anyway. And we'd been separated for quite a while. I just, and it was stressful for me. I can't even imagine trying to, trying to do that within a few weeks of having a baby and with, you know, caring for your son as well. That's, that's so full on. Did you have, um, full care of your son? Um, so. It just happened that we were just doing every second weekend at that point. That pretty much started the next day after having baby. Um, <laughs> when I told him to leave. Um, wow. Yeah, so it was, you know, he'd be gone for three days and then I'd have him for two weeks and then gone for three days. Um, yeah. But yeah, em- em- emotionally it was tough, but, um, I was quite, quite, um, proud of the fact that I was able to um, work through a lot of stuff really quickly. My midwife's daughter, who was my best friend for quite some time, um, we when I moved away, our friendship, um, it just dwindled and then we both went on separate paths and we both happened to come back um, together at the same time. Um, so being able to talk to her and, you know, she was able to help me through um, understanding a lot of stuff that had happened. So um, I went to see a, um, a counsellor and they said that a lot of the stuff that I had realised and worked through um, over that short period of time, some women take years to to work through and, um, and work on. Um, so I was quite proud of myself to be able to, to come through that pretty quickly. And and did that sort of having to do all that emotional work? Did that do you feel like that had any impact on kind of parenting a newborn baby? So that's a full time job in itself. Yeah. Um. Look, I took it all in my stride. Um. Parenting this time around is actually so much easier. So it's actually it's just been easy. Not to mention she's an easy baby too. So. Mm. Her being an easy baby really helped me um, emotionally and mentally as well. I don't think I would have been able to cope at all if she was a difficult baby. And yeah. did you get to name her yourself then? Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm guessing you didn't choose the previous name. No, no, I didn't. <laughs> oh, beautiful. And how was your breastfeeding journey with her? Breastfeeding has been a breeze from the moment she was born. She's still going strong now at 10 months, did you say? Uh, Eight months. Eight months, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh So we might make it to the two and a half years we made with my son. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Beautiful. And, yeah, I mean, you've had 
almost an opposite experience in terms of the birth. How, yeah, how do you feel about birth following that, that experience at home? Oh, it's amazing. I, like, probably two weeks later, I was like, I could do that again. Like, from, from the start to the, like, to the end of the six weeks, um, I started labor to the end of the six weeks of, um, care was, it was actually just amazing. And the fact that I did it all myself, um, there was, it was all hands off. Like my midwife didn't, she would just do like visual checks. Um, there was no internal checks or anything. So that was like, it's just so um, like amazing to just think I did that myself. Yeah, I'd do it again in a heartbeat. Ah, that's so beautiful to hear. Thank you so much for sharing your story, Sam. That was just just beautiful and honest and open. And, yeah, you shared your story really beautifully, so thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate being able to do it.